Welcome back to Second Helping, the top podcast among fans and followers of the top league in all of collegiate athletics, the Southeastern Conference. Travis Ryder, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network with you on what looks to be a glorious, glorious Friday throughout the Southeastern region of the United States. Joined, as always, by my great friend, co-host Padna. Here on Second Helping, Brent Beard. Brent, a longtime college football analyst, currently with First Coast News down in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Also a longtime voter in the race for the top individual award, perhaps in all of athletics. That, of course, the Heisman Trophy. Brent, happy Friday to you. Well, happy Friday to you too, my friend. Uh, We've got a couple of games left in the spring, several to review uh, and, uh, and, and a very important date to keep in mind, which is May 1st, uh, that everyone basically needs to be where they want to go, uh, during that time. And we'll talk about this on our Gator review, but Travis had a, uh, had a chance on Thursday night, Billy Napier in town for the Gators. So, uh, went to, uh, cover that her a little bit from, uh, Napier had a nice crowd. So, uh, much going on in the SEC uh, in mid to starting to be late April. Hope springs eternal <laughs> in the spring. The coaching uh, speaking circuit cranks up. I know you're going to have Josh Heupel making stops. You talked right. about some fired up fan bases with the change to Billy Napier at Florida. A lot of optimism, so a lot to get into on the latest edition of Second Helping. What we're going to do is we're largely going to go through last weekend's spring game action around the Southeastern Conference. We'll also take a look ahead at the couple of games we still have remaining, the scrimmages we have remaining in the SEC. I guess first and foremost, Brent, it's been a little disjointed this yeah, time around. Between really has. Some concert situations <laughs> and really last weekend weather put a lot of these games uh, in the crosshairs uh, of cancellation. In fact, it did lead to one being rained out, I guess. Yeah, it did. Mississippi State uh, was rained out. Matter of fact, Mike Leach took a few moments to, to uh, uh, talk about why he didn't like spring games uh, during that time. He said they will have uh, an open practice uh, for fans to come by and see uh, Arkansas because of the Garth Brooks concert. <laughs> they they did have uh, one more for the fan base. Tennessee is, is kind of redoing the stadium. So they were done a lot earlier, I think, than people probably realize. But but no doubt between the between the rain and I think Easter weekend falling at a kind of a different time of year but for for a number of reasons, including Trav, that SEC network plus trying to find it and stream a little bit, it, it was unusual spring, hasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it was uh, made for some consternation among some of the fan bases <laughs> in the Southeastern Conference, no doubt about it. Let's start with Alabama from over the weekend because the Crimson Tide having to dodge some some weather in its own right on Saturday afternoon, last Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium, able to still get in some semblance of a scrimmage. And with that, uh, give us a couple of your your primary takeaways from what you saw from Nick Saban's 16th team coming up 
at Alabama. It's crazy, just to say. Uh, uh, and listen, I remember when a uh, right when he got the job, an LSU beat writer that we both know uh, told me that he didn't think there'd be any chance that he would be there over uh, three to five years. Well, he certainly is. Uh, decided to make Alabama his home, and uh, this la- this past Saturday, certainly the quarterbacks had their moments. Um, uh, Bryce Young, Ty Simpsons, uh, Simpson, uh, and others along that time, uh, and the transfers I thought were important. Uh, Jermaine Burton, Jameer Gibbs, both looked good. Uh, but boy, I, Travis, the thing that really caught my eye more than anything else, the relentless pressure by that Alabama defense, uh, I don't care who the quarterback was, they were on the run basically the whole game, weren't they? Yeah, you almost felt, well, you did feel bad for Alabama's offensive tackles really throughout the spring because all we heard was, man, Alabama cannot protect Bryce Young, cannot protect its quarterbacks. Well, hell, you've got Will Anderson and Dallas Turner yeah, coming off the absolutely. edges and Chris Braswell emerging now in his sure. third year, a guy who needed some time, but he too came in as a five-star prospect. So you've got three former five stars at outside linebacker and they're all playing up to their immense potential. That's going to be tough for any offensive line. It's not just an Alabama problem. Here's the good news. If you're an Alabama fan, it was an Alabama problem in the spring it's yeah. going to be everybody else's problem <laughs> yeah, absolutely. in the fall. I'd rather I'd rather have that problem in the spring than have it in the fall. And I think pretty much just about everybody on Alabama's schedule is going to be able to attest to that in about nine months' time. Well, and I think another issue that you brought up, Travis, I still think this offensive line is going to be okay. Uh, I, I, they really like Wolford. The, the new offensive line coach who comes over from Kentucky. Uh, you've also got Steen, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who is going to be there. You've got a lot of guys uh, there in Dalcourt, for one, uh, among many who, who did not play because they're recovering from something, either injury or surgery. So uh, I think, frankly, all, all, all this weeping and gnashing of teeth over the offensive line uh, I, I do think this bunch is coming together by September. Yeah, and there's still some questions about speed on the outside, although Jameer Gibbs, the transfer for Georgia from Georgia Tech, showed you his home run ability last Saturday with a 75-yard touchdown run. But Alabama had an interesting visitor on campus for the spring game, Tyler Harrell, the speedster who entered the transfer portal from Louisville here in the last week or so. If Alabama is able to add another 4-2 type guy on the outside to go along with Burton and then the big play capability of also Gibbs out of the backfield, uh, yeah, I think the offensive line will be just fine with Steen coming in there. And guard to guard, you know what you can have there with Mm -hmm. Cohen back and with both your centers that got starts a year ago back. And Noah Mill Echior headed into his third year as a starter in the spring, so you have to take that into account. As well, but defensively, no doubt, is where it will start anyway, even with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at yeah, quarterback. Absolutely. I think the the emphasis will be on the defensive side of the ball for the Crimson Tide when it opens the season at home against Utah State. What about Arkansas? Now, we talked about the Garth Brooks situation um, and then weather over the weekend. Uh, what semblance of an opportunity 
did fans of Arkansas have? Did they have one at all, given all these things coming together? Uh, they did have a brief practice. Uh, some of the things that came out of the practice, uh, they the receivers were dropping passes, uh, which seems like uh, every team struggling with that to a degree. Jaden Hazelwood, the Oklahoma transfer, they did not see a lot of him, but Malik Hornsby, the backup quarterback, Trav, has been moved to receiver, uh, and he has uh, shown some improvement. And speaking of improvement, boy, uh, you and I both love Jalen Catalan, the, the defensive back that got hurt last year. Trav, he's back. Uh, and really looked impressive during the practice. Uh, some other guys that they really uh, were impressed. Rocket Sanders is one of the better names you could you could have anywhere. Had a some touchdowns, 65 and six. Uh, now that was against the second team defense at that point. Also wanted to be sure to mention Drew Sanders, the Alabama transfer. They were impressed with with what he was able to do. Uh, at that point, so and, and by the way, uh, no no real details yet. Sound Pittman getting a contract extension, and no surprise uh, with that. But boy, oh boy, of all the of all the things I just mentioned, Trav, if you're a Hog fan, getting Jalen Catlon back for next year is is humongous, is it not? It is. Uh, you know, and even as good as you feel about the situation at quarterback and running back depth and the concern you have with replacing Traylon Burks at the wide receiver, really utility position that he handled for the hogs the last couple of years. I think you can lean on that defense initially with the Catalan back with Sanders coming in with the acumen of Barry Odom in terms of being able to come up with systems and plans that fit personnel exceptionally well. So some optimism continued optimism and Sam Pittman at this point has the feel of a guy that's going to be there until he's done. Yeah. I, 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 there's always the possibility, I guess, of, but he's at a point in his career similar to Saban at Alabama and sort of going back to the comment that you heard from the, the LSU uh, reporter at the time of Saban's hire by Alabama. And that's, that was understandable because what had we seen from Nick Saban to that? Absolutely. Point? Five years max, really, at Michigan State or LSU or even fewer with the Miami Dolphins. But Alabama caught him at the right time sure did. in his career as well. And I think that's kind of a similarity you can draw with Arkansas and uh, in Sam Pittman as well. Obviously, if you had cable television, you were able to access <laughs> G day from Athens over the weekend. And, you know, we talked about that quarterback situation for the dogs, not so much because of the starter position, which we know Stetson Bennett is back to handle that role for another year, but behind him, uh, we've heard about Carson Beck, uh, stepping into perhaps the backup role and doing some good things this spring. And best I can tell, it was another positive scrimmage for the Jacksonville native. Uh, 246 yards. Uh, he really looked the part that there was a little bit of, well, Beck looks a lot better than uh, it, <laughs> the situation that you've got uh, with Stetson Bennett. But you and I both know, uh, Trav, that uh, Kirby Smart just put his foot down. We know who the starter is going to be. Uh, and again, I think the, the interesting thing is going to happen for Georgia is – 
do all the other quarterbacks remain the same and, and do they stay there uh, at this point too? I, I think that's what's going to Gunnar Stockton, Vandergriff, uh, those guys have shown some real potential too, but Beck really looked good. And there's a lot to talk about with Georgia, but suffice to say, uh, besides the quarterbacks, the one I'm going to end on is Travis, their tight end room is almost unfair. Um, I mean, Eric Gilbert played a couple of touchdowns. He drew a couple of penalties. Oscar Delp has, he's a midterm enrollee showed a lot of help. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, not even in the game, but uh, boy, the weapons and, and the versatility that gives Todd Montcontrave, uh when this team's on the field, beginning with Oregon next year in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know if there's a better tight end room in the SEC right now. Oh, there's not. Uh, I think it's similar on the offensive side of the ball to what we've talked about with Alabama at outside linebacker. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, the way in which it could, you know, dominate games. Now, the question becomes more, okay, if you see an Alabama and you want to get all those guys out into the route, are you going to be a, good enough with five, maybe six guys to protect mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett in a scenario right. like that? But other than Alabama, you can see Georgia just maintaining status quo offensively. Absolutely. And also something else you wonder about a little bit with Georgia, and we haven't talked about it enough given all the losses on the defensive side of the ball with the Georgia defense expected to take, you know, what you would expect a a step back. I mean, with those losses, Georgia could find itself in some games where it's got to score more, right? It's got to be more explosive. Um, it's got to have more games in which it scores in the 30s uh, than a year ago. That was such a great luxury for that offense. It never really had to try to be something it wasn't in 2021 because the defense was going to keep it in a position other than the SEC championship game where it could score 24, 27, maybe 30 if needed to win football games. What about South Carolina from over the weekend? What did we learn from Columbia, Brent? I don't know if there's a more excited fan base right now than South Carolina. I mean, what they had for a spring game almost rivaled Alabama a few years ago uh, with that. Now, look, they are incredibly excited uh, at this point what Rattler can do at quarterback. Um, and I think that uh, they're trying to figure out who his – main targets are going to be uh can uh, their problem over the last few years has always been can they do they have guys who can stretch the field now they also lost a few guys over the last few days eric shaw wide receiver is transferring out and also jakeem green at defensive line uh also uh but uh, look i i would i would say you said it well a few minutes ago but besides uh probably arkansas florida would like to think they're this at that point now i don't think they are but the the, the to me the two most excited fan bases at this point travel probably arkansas and south carolina yeah, you think about the SEC East, South Carolina, excited. Tennessee, excited. Florida, yes. excited. Well, the math tells us that it's not possible for all three no. to they still be excited no. come about mid-October. But hey, right now, and 
late April, have at it. Have fun while you can. <laughs> what about Vanderbilt? Talk about a fan base that probably isn't all that excited, although Clark Lee going into his second year does offer up some juice and some energy to that program. Are we going to see it start to play out on the field in 2022, Brent? Maybe a little bit. Ken Seals, Mike Wright, or guys who are competing at uh, quarterback. That matter of fact, they had the Vanderbilt replay uh, on after the Alabama replay the other night. And uh, Trevor, uh, a few family and friends, shall we say, in the stands <laughs> at Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vander- Vanderbilt has a spring game, and more Florida fans show up than Vanderbilt fans. It's like the fall. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. No doubt about it. They also like A.J. Swan, who's an early enrollee, uh, but still, this is a team that's got a, a, a long way to go, but they've had low expectations there for years, So, uh, and hopefully Clark Lee can, can get something going and get them uh, inching closer to 500 football. And as we look ahead to the upcoming weekend, still a couple of spring games to outline for you. LSU, Brian Kelly, first public appearance as the head coach of the LSU Tigers coming in from Notre Dame, of course. And, you know, it's it's tough not to get caught in the trap with LSU. Yes. I did that a year ago, admittedly, because, again, when you look at the roster, even That's with right. the transition – from Ogeron to Kelly, just in terms of talent, it's not all that difficult to think, you know what? Your one could still end yep. up being special yep. under a new head coach. Oh, oh I agree. I, I think that's very true. And, Trav, to, to your point, uh, and I did the same thing, but look, when you've got guys like Stingley, who we thought would be playing in that secondary and, and be one of the best in the nation, instead, he shut down and misses the majority of the season, and that happened to them over and over again. But as far as uh, the spring game, I think all eyes will be on Miles Brennan, Jaden Daniels, uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, and Walker Howard. Uh, we'll be interested to see how much time uh, that these guys are going to be able to get. The offensive line will be uh, interesting. They've got an in early enrollee in Will Campbell. Uh, who they like uh, a good bit. Uh, some cornerback depth is another issue for them. But uh, look, well, any, well, when we start reading about LSU scrimmage Saturday night and Sunday, it's probably all going to be about the quarterbacks, Trav. Yeah, it's almost like the situation at Texas A&M, except you yes. could say there's four guys. Yeah, there is. Instead right. of three. And with that, like A&M, kind of tough to envision maybe four guys still being a part of that thing throughout the upcoming season. Some potential for movement there, you would think, at quarterback for LSU. We say all of that, though, and we know we've got a May 1 deadline coming up uh, in, in some regards in terms of you know setting your roster for the upcoming season. And, boy, you talk about the transfer portal on a team that has been ultra-active within it. The Ole Miss Rebels <laughs> set to uh, the Grove Bowl, I guess they call it on Saturday in Oxford set to take place and a lot of new faces expected to show up prominently in that scrimmage. You know, what, what is interesting, the two teams that are playing tomorrow, Trev LSU has now signed 15 transfers, 
Uh, th- that's the most of anybody in college football right now. And seven banks, the Ohio, Ohio State corner, was the yeah. latest one. Well, right behind them is Ole Miss uh, with double-digit transfers themselves and, and uh, probably an understated quarterback situation with Jackson Dart, who comes over from USC, and Luke Altmeyer. And I'll say this. I know everybody looks at Jackson Dart, uh, and and he really wasn't ready in the bowl game. But, Trev, Luke Altmeyer's got some talent. Uh, would, it, uh, would it shock you if he's able to win that job come the fall? No, it wouldn't. Uh, I think everything's on the table, and you're still trying to incorporate some some new playmakers on the offensive side of the ball with, with the attrition you had there and uh, got to improve from a protection standpoint. That was a real problem as much as anything against Baylor in that Sugar Bowl loss to the Bears, although Baylor under Dave Aranda had a habit of yeah. exposing protection issues <laughs> really? throughout the 2021 season. Brent, anything else for us before we get out of here for the weekend? Uh, I, I was able to hear – uh, he met with the media last night, Billy Napier at Florida. Uh, now, look, Napier is is not a carnival barker. Uh, he is uh, he's very intentional with what he says. Uh, he he gave some thoughtful answers. Uh, now, Travis' predecessor Dan Mullen, when he got in front of the microphone. Uh, he had this tendency to embarrass his university from time to time, but 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 I was I was impressed uh, with Napier giving credit to Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, the guys in his life who have been mentors. I think he knows how much work they've got to do. We asked him about um, uh, the games with Utah and Kentucky and the physicality of that, how difficult that was going to be. And he said, look, you know, we uh, are certainly aware of what we've got to deal with, but we've got a lot to do with these, with this team now. He said, he, pro- he said the quarterback room is probably set, that they're, they're not really going looking uh, anymore. Uh, they feel pretty good about what they've got. And Jack Miller and Anthony Richardson, they're excited about their – uh, their June move-in time for their $85 million standalone football facility. Uh, but And uh, he really likes Montreal Johnson. He's a running back. He brought over with them. Pretty good crowd of Gators. Uh, some excitement. I know you've heard some of that also. Uh, and But it's not going to happen overnight. I think they may be better than maybe people think they will. They're not ready to win Eastern Division titles, <clears throat> but I think they're on the right track at this point uh, and, and have been impressed with what Napier has said and what he's done so far. And there you go. Always great stuff from Brent Beard here on Second Helping. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast as of yet, what are you waiting on? Go ahead and make that happen right now. And if you'd leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that as well. Brent, as always, enjoyed it, my friend. Look forward to doing it again next week. Uh, Me too. And as we get closer, Travis, to that May 1 date, we'll be uh, uh, reviewing some some games. And uh, look, the way this is going at this point, as we inch toward uh, the end of the month, uh, there is no telling what might be going on at what used to be, Trav, a pretty quiet time of year, right? 
No doubt about that. For Brent Beard, Travis Ryer, thanking you once again for joining us here on Second Helping. Until next time, so long, everybody. <laughs>